today we are going to be continuing on. I'm going to be doing a part two of Ask for More. That's the whole topic for this entire month. But it's also the words that we have given to our church for the entire year. Ask for more. Why have we come up with that? For several reasons. But I'm going to read from a scripture now that we read last week. And it was Matthew chapter 7 verses 9 to 11. And it says this. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Some of you probably would do that for a joke anyway because it sounds funny. Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those, what does it say? Who ask him. To those who ask him. Now, what Jesus could have done is he could have put a period on there and he could have said, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts? Period. But that would have been philosophical. That would have been something for us to have a a mental gymnastics of theology on. But he was giving us instruction. How much more does your father want to give you if you'd ask him is what he's saying. And so the asking is so important. It's a condition of receiving more from God. If you were here last week, if you weren't here last week, you can go online uh, to northwestorlando.com and listen to the teaching. You can go on Facebook, you can go on YouTube, you can go on all these different, ag- uh, uh, even podcast aggregator, whichever one you've got. And you can listen to the teaching last week. But we talked about how I had really, when I was in India last year, I had this experience where I had been at, uh, I went to uh, Dollar Tree, not in India, it's not in India, went to Dollar Tree, no advertising whatsoever, we're not sponsored by them, we went to Dollar Tree, and I went and got all these uh, dollar gifts, and I went to India, and I put them all on the stage, and I brought these kids up, and I talked about how many good things the Father wants to give to us, but as I was doing the teaching, I realized there was three different things that happened with the kids that just gave me this whole new perspective on receiving good things from God. The first one was this, that when you're about, when God is about to give you something good, there's often a hesitation within us to try and receive it. Hesitation comes from disbelief. And when the kids were standing there looking at all the gifts that I had piled on the ground for them, they kind of looked at me and then they looked at the past and they looked at their parents. They're kind of, is this for reals? Is this for sure? Is this really gonna happen? And, and so there was a hesitation that went on. This happens in us all the time. In our faith, we hesitate on believing that God does actually have more for us. The second thing I noticed with the children was this, that when they bent down to take something, they only took one thing. Now that would, now maybe as a parent would make you proud because you're like, okay, they're not greedy, that's good. They're, 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 they're pacing themselves. They're not gathering everything up and going, it's all mine. <laughs> that's good, it's good. And we do that. We teach our children to kind of pace themselves to only take one thing at a time. But God has never said that in the scriptures that I can see. Yeah, sure, he might give us one thing at a time, but he never told us to only take one thing at a time. And so God said, whatever you ask for, whatever you ask for, I want to give it to you. The third thing I noticed with the children was this. When I pointed it out and I said, take whatever you want because I'm not taking it back to America, they all started getting this joy over their face. It was like this laughter and this joy bubbled up and they filled up their arms. They're like, ah, ah, ah. it was just this joy filled up their souls. And I think that's really important to know that it's not just about how much stuff we're getting, but it's to realize how good our father really is. And today, I want to take us to the next step. I want to talk about the four steps of increasing our capacity. The four steps of increasing our capacity for more. And the first one is this. We must ask for more. 
we must ask for more. If you then, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask for more? Ask for more. Why should we have to ask? Why doesn't God just give us the stuff? Why doesn't he just give us the desires of our heart? It doesn't have to be objects. It could be just, it could be freedom in our spirits. It could be freedom in our emotions. It could be the desire to be able to be significant in life. Whatever it is that you desire, he's saying, but you have to ask. There's a condition that goes on it. Why do I have to ask? The first reason I would suggest is this. It's because the Father wants relationship with us. Relationship, whether you know or not, comes through communication. I have a relationship with my mother, and I don't see her most of the year. Why? Because she's in Scotland. Never seen her. Haven't seen her in two years. But I call her once a week. I have a relationship with her. Have you ever been in a relationship with someone? Maybe, maybe you've been mad at somebody and you've decided you're not going to talk to them anymore or they're not going to talk to you. And you feel that breaking in your spirit. You feel that, that, that mourning that comes with not having that relationship with that person simply because someone chose to say, we're no longer talking. No communication breaks down relationship. Imagine if I had that with my children and if my children decided not to talk with me, how would I be able to pass my wisdom, my heart onto them if I wasn't able to talk with them? Maybe some of you have even had the experience that you never had a father in your life or, or maybe you had a father at home but he never talked to you. That's, that, that gives you a, a, a dearth of relationship. It breaks down the communication. You end up, when, you, when your father doesn't communicate with you, what happens is you end up guessing what it is that he wants from you. You end up starting to guess what it is that you're meant to do in life. That's why so many people can go into their adulthood and they have this niggling feeling that they don't know what they're made of. They're always second-guessing what they're doing. I'm, I'm, I'm doing this job, I'm working hard, but I'm working hard, I'm working two jobs, I'm working three jobs, I'm working as hard as I can, but I just don't know if this is what I'm meant to do. Why? Because the father determines what you think about yourself, your mother determines what you feel about yourself. Let me say it again. Your father determines what you feel about yourself. Your mother determines what you, sorry, your father determines what you think about yourself. Your mother determines what you feel about yourself. And when you didn't have your father around your life telling you what to think about yourself, then you spend the rest of your life second guessing what you're doing. You're second guessing your marriage. You're second guessing your vocation. You're second guessing where you are in life rather than building up this confidence and this fortitude inside of yourself that regardless of what's going on in my life, regardless of the troubles I have in my marriage, regardless of the, the difficulties I have with figuring out where I am or, or what my job is, it doesn't matter because my father has told me I've got what it takes. My father's already told me he has a plan for me, a plan to prosper me and a plan not to harm me, a plan to give me hope and a future, Jeremiah 29, 11 says. That's the type of father you have. And when you're in that type of conversation with your father and you hear those types of things, you start to believe it before you see it. And all you're doing is you're just waiting for it to manifest in your life. Here's the second reason why I think it's important for us to ask. And it's simply this. It's simply because words create worlds. Words create worlds. Life we know in the beginning came about simply because God spoke it into being. 
Our Father has demonstrated how we're meant to live our lives, and that is to speak things into being. Not just being a dictator, just saying, well, this is going to happen, and that's going to happen. No, but by relationship is created through conversation. There's a really cool story I came across um, about a year ago or so, and I, and I just remembered it recently. And it's a really cool story about this hospital called St. Luke's Hospital. It's up in Kansas City. And what they did is they have this, they have this unit called the NICU. It's the, it's, the, it's, it's the intensive care for little babies that are really sick, that are, that are there from you know, a week up to a year or even longer. I mean, babies that are really sick. And the problem is some parents that maybe don't have the time or the energy, they don't have the ability to, to take off work for long, long periods of time because they can't afford to do it. Their babies are in hospital by themselves. And the doctors and the nurses got together and they thought this. They said, you know what? What we should do is see if there's any retirees out there that want to actually just spend time with these babies. And so they put the call out there and they asked for 30 retirees. They now have a year's waiting list of retirees that want to get on this list to do this. They wanted to do, they actually made a, a name for the team. They called them baby cuddlers. It's a picture of one of the guys. And he comes in and they're trained. They don't just come in and pick up a baby. They're trained what to do and how to treat these children because they're sick children. And all they do is they sit with these babies. And this guy, this particular guy you're seeing up on the screen, he used to be a stockbroker. And the story goes on. He'll go, so little baby Max, there's a stock market. I wonder, wonder what the stock markets are going to do today. What do you think it's going to do? Is it going to go up? Is it going to be, is it going to be, a, is it going to be a, a, what do they call that? A, a, an up market or is it going to be a bear market? I don't know which one it is. See, I'm not a stock trader. Bastard. So he's just like, <clears throat> it's like when, and he'll start speaking to the babies. The doctors and the nurses watch this. Watch this now. They noticed that the babies recovered so much more quickly. The statistics start to tell them this. And now there's other hospitals that are doing this simply because someone has taken the time to go, you've got what it takes. God's got an amazing plan for you. Do you realize what you're made for? You are made for magnificent things. I don't know what it is, but I can see inside of you right now. I think you're gonna be a people lover. Oh my gosh, you're the cuddliest baby I've ever seen. You're definitely gonna be a people lover. And they're training these uh, retirees to say these words to these children and recovery is happening faster. This is why it's important for us to be in a conversation with our Father. Come on, people of God. This is why we have to ask. It's not just going to sugar daddy and saying, I want this and I want that and I want this and I want that. This is not a catalog of Christmas time. You're just circling things and going, God, I want this and I want that. This is about asking things from our Father so we can be in conversation with them. Are you with me on that one? Amen. Number two. Number two is respond to instruction. Amen. Deuteronomy 28, 1, 2 says this. If you listen obediently to the voice of God, your God, and heartily obey all his commandments, all these blessings will come down on you and spread out before you because you have responded, what does it say? To the voice of God. You've responded. Respond to instruction. That's all we want for our children, isn't it? Just do what I tell you to do. Hear what I say, clean your bedroom, and just do it. That's all parents' frustration, isn't it? Just do it. This is exactly what the Father is doing to us. Do you know that this is one, listen now, well, this is one of the most important chapters in the Old Testament. Why? 
Because this is what the Father was saying to the nation of Israel as they were going into the promised land. And he said, I'm going to give you some. You have no clue. It's overflowing with milk and honey. It's so much stuff that I've got for you. But first, I need you to listen and do what I tell you to do. There was literally 21 blessings listed in Deuteronomy 28. It covers your family, your land, your business, your money, your reputation, and your international relationships. Anyone got an international relationship? Anyone? Not so many of us. But listen, it covers everything you can think of under the sun. So when you ask God, you say, God, this is what I want. This is what I'm asking for. What you'll find from God is this. He'll give you a response, and here's the response. The response is this. It's, yes, do this. You see, when my children haven't cleaned their bedroom, which is often enough, as many of you probably experienced, I'll see them come to me and go, hey, can I have some candy today? And I'll go, no, you haven't cleaned your bedroom. Is that not how parents usually act, right? But when I was reading scripture, I realized this, that God doesn't say no to us. He says, yes, but do this first, right? And that's why it says in 2 Corinthians 1.20, it says, for all the promises that God has for you, all the, promise that, 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 of, all the promises of God in him, in Jesus, are yes, and amen. God wants us to give us good things, but he goes, yes, but do this first. Do what first? Whatever he tells you to do. He might put you through a difficult time. He might, yeah, cleaning your bedroom when you're 10 years old is a difficult time, right? It's like, oh, do I have to? Yes, you have to. Clean it. If you want this stuff over here, this is what I want you to do. It's a difficult time for them. Well, for much of us, our lives and the difficult times we're going through is just the version, the adult version of you cleaning your bedroom in the kingdom of God. That's all it is. You think it stinks. You think it's hard. You don't see the point. My mom and my dad don't understand me. Why do I have to go through this? This is God's version in the kingdom of God of you cleaning your bedroom. Listening, conditions always exist for the things of God. Testing, God will test us. He'll let us go through difficult times. God will wait. He'll delay until he gives you good things. But let me tell you, the thing that I found with God is that testing plus waiting equals preparing. Why? Because preparing is about increasing our capacity. Can I have my daughter come up here just for a second? Um, my daughter's gonna come up here and, uh, and, I, and I want to demonstrate again uh, the, 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 the next steps of what it takes in order to be able to receive more from God. Now, we might ask God, hey God, can I have this? And God's answer is yes, but do this. At that point, we have to ask God, what is it you want me to do? Well, there are many things that God wants you to do, right? When you're a kid, clean up your bedroom, right? Pick up your clothes off the floor. No, I don't want the, the wet towel in the corner. I want it hung up, right? The equivalent of that, according to our next scripture, which is in Ephesians 4, 31, is this. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Maybe we could add in, <clears throat> get rid of, of hatred, get rid of uh, 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 fear, get rid of laziness. There's other things we could pro but this is all that Paul actually wrote there. He said, get rid of rage and anger. Rage and anger. Rage is something that comes from you being so hurt and so rejected that now it's overflowing and it's manifesting in your life. 
Listen, if you have rage and anger in your life, you can't be trusted. You can't be trusted, which is why I find that children that grow up with angry parents don't tend to want to go hang around their parents when they're older. Why? Because their parents were angry and they don't need to hear that anymore. Rage and anger puts children into the position of deep fear. And if you have a rage and an anger and it ever displays in front of your children, you are planting the seeds of fear within them. And God is saying this, I am never going to trust you with anything else until you get rid of this rage and anger. I just can't control it. That's right. That's why you submit to the cross of Christ. You can't control it because it didn't come from you. It may not be your fault, but it's your problem. You're the one who has to take it to the cross of Christ and repent for it. Get rid of rage and anger. What's the other thing he says? Get rid of brawling and slander. Brawling always reminds me of like a, a bar like your pub, isn't it? It's always like, and there was a brawl that broke out in the bar, right? Anyone done that? No, just me? Okay, never mind. So brawling. Brawling is when you're like, you're, you're puffing up. You're like, you're not going to get past me. You're not going to pass me. I'm not going to move out on the sidewalk out of your way. I'm going to stand in your way. Have you ever done that in your car? And you're like, I'm going to speed up so that person can't get in. That's you brawling in automotive world, right? You're not going to pass me. <laughs> brawling right? Or what was the other one? And slander. Let me tell you about slander. Slander is something that comes from your mouth. Do you know that employee, employers today are trawling potential employees' Facebooks to see what they're saying because they know fine well that if they're willing to say it publicly on their own Facebook, then they're willing, they're willing to say it about them as an employer. Some of us, I believe, need to shut our cake hole. By the way, that's the 10th spiritual gift, right? It's not there in the scriptures, but I just made it up. We need to shut our cake hole and stop letting out words just because you're mad with a politician or a pastor or a boss or something like that. Why? Why? Is it because, is it because you're wrong? No, you might be entirely right. You might be entirely right about what you're pointing out, but what you're wrong about is thinking that you're ever going to receive any more from God. Why? Because God can't trust you with your mouth in front on Facebook. He can't trust you with your mouth with your friends. How is he ever going to put you in positions of power or influence to influence kings and queens? Hello? Kings and queens, they need the word of the God of the Lord. Where is the word of the Lord going to come through? God is looking for someone who is trustworthy with his words that will deliver the words that he wants to be spoken, not what you're feeling about the situation. Can I hear an amen? God is saying, get rid of brawling and of slander. What else, Rowan, do you have? What more problems do you have? Bitterness. Rowan has the problem of bitterness, right? Bitterness is something that destroys us because the Bible says this in Proverbs, somewhere in Proverbs, Google it, right? It says, bitterness is rot to the bones. What does that mean? Your bones is where your health comes from. Your, blood, your white blood cells produce, produce these healing properties and abilities to heal your body. It comes from your bones. It says bitterness is rot to your bones. And I firmly believe that anyone who's bitter, they become curled and gnarled up and hatred fills their heart. Bitterness is where you've been hurt and you've been rejected and someone did you something wrong and you chose to not forgive them. Bitterness doesn't come from the fact that they rejected you. Bitterness comes from the fact that you chose 
to not forgive them. And the Bible says this, if you can't forgive those who have sinned against you, you can't be forgiven from the Father yourself. You have no capacity. You can't receive. Even if the Father wanted to give you forgiveness, you can't receive the forgiveness of the Father because your hands are full of bitterness. Your life is full of bitterness. What's your last one, Rowan? Malice. Malice is quite simple. Malice is basically wishing and hoping that the other person will fail. Wishing evil upon them. Wishing destruction and poverty upon them. Yes, someone might have rejected you and they might have hurt you, but you're like, I just hope that person who cut me off in traffic, I hope they crash up ahead somewhere. That's malice, right? Brawling to anger to malice. There's a whole, oh, there's a whole litany that's going on there. But now, now that she has removed all of these things from her life, now that it's removed from her hands, do you see this? That she now has capacity to receive something from me. She now has room in her life to receive the things that actually I want for her life. So it's not just about what she wants. I'm the father here. I want these good things for her. But I can't put these things in her hands because her hands are so full, because I can't trust her. And yet I still want those things to be in her hands because everything is yes and amen in the Lord. Which takes us to the third thing. If God then, if you're now ready to receive something good from God, then you're ready to use the gifts properly. So I'm gonna give you a whole bunch of gifts here, Ron. Okay, open up your hands, there we go. A whole bunch of stuff. I'm gonna load you up, there we go. Look at this, woo! God is good. Jesus is just so wonderful to me. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. This amazing stuff. Oh my gosh, look at this. Is there any more? Can you, can you take any more of that? There we go. Okay. So now our hands are full. Am I right? Her hands are absolutely full. And she's full of all the wonderful things that God has given to her. I've got, I got a marriage. I've got children. i got a job. Uh, i got, I got my health. i got, well, oh, you can list a million things that are in your life that have been filling up your life. But then it goes on and says in Luke chapter 12, verse 48, it says, from everyone who has been given much, much will be, what does it say? Demanded is such a strong word, isn't it? Demanded is like... I demand. Heck yeah, he does demand. He's not like, hey, just give me an update what's going on. Just text me or email me. No, 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 no. He tells a story of the, of the parable, the talents, where the rich ruler gives all his belongings to his servants. And he said, I'm going to go away for a few years and I need you to improve and increase my kingdom. And he comes back. Two of them did a great job. And one of them buried it and went, I just wasn't too sure about myself. And I wasn't really sure. I knew that you'd be angry with me if I, if I lost it. So I just buried it. And he goes, but you know I expected good things. You know I expect you to do something with what I have given you. So Rowan asks me, Asks, ask me for more. I want more. You want more? Yeah. Yes. But you don't have enough room in your life for it. You have no capacity for it. What I want you to do is I want you to, red hot chili peppers, give it away, give it away, give it away now, right? So I want you to give his stuff away. Anyone want some stuff? She's ready to give stuff away. Is anyone? Watch out. Watch out, people of God. Taking an eye out. Oh, look, like there's more. You want more from God? Here we go. Someone wants more from God. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, there we go. There we go. Glow sticks, Stuart Brannan. Oh, socks for you, Stuart Brannan. There we go. He wants more. He said he wants more. Hey, that's not your stuff on the ground. That's not yours. That's mine. 
That's my stuff. Here we go, sailor. Yes. Come on, boys, more. Give it more. Give it more away. Give it away. Give it away. Give it away now. Give it away. Give it away. Give it away now. That's it. That's it. That's it. Yes. Come on. Come on, Allegra. She wants more. She wants more. Oh, you're gonna have to fight. You're gonna have to. Oh, you lost it. Come on, more for Allegra right here. Down here, right here, right there. Oh, perfect. Okay. If you're watching online right now and you got me zoomed in, it's madness here. We're just throwing gifts away. <clears throat> okay. Last one. Last one. There we go. Who's gonna get it? Oh, they're too cool to get off their seats. They don't actually want more. <clears throat> and I go, Ron, what did you do with the stuff that I just gave you? And she says, I gave it away. I, she says, Red Hot Chili Peppers told me to give it away, so I gave it away, she says. As a father, I'm like, you gave it away? I am so proud of you. This is awesome. Well done. I'm so glad that you gave things away. Now, what can often happen is our hands are so full of stuff that our father tells us to give things away and we're like, but what if he doesn't give me something more? What if he doesn't replace it? What if I lose this and then I have to go into a time of fasting or a time of, of, of not much happening in my life? What if, what, if, what if I give this away and I don't have this? That tells you you're more in love with the comfort of what you've got than you are with the voice of the father. Listen now, we have to let go of those things. Let go of those things. <clears throat> I know what this is like. I went through a long period of time when it was really difficult for me to accept the fact that God had told me to come to America. I know everybody's trying to cross the border and get in here. But with me, I wanted to be back in Scotland. That's where I wanted to be. That's where my heart was. But I knew God was going, I'm telling you to stay in America. And I'm like, no, no, I'm just here for now. And then one day I went, you know what, God, it's all yours. Whatever you want. Take it. It's all yours. Because everything I have already belongs to you. And it was like when I released it and I gave away my country, I gave away the things that I had, suddenly God could trust me more. It's like he filled up my life more than ever before. And let me tell you, this is what happens. This is what happens. This is the cool thing. This is getting to the, the fourth point here. The fourth point is this, is increase your capacity. God will increase your capacity. And he says this, he says in Matthew 25, 29, for whoever has put God's wealth to work will be given, what does the word say? More. And then it continues on, and this is really cool. I've not only got more for, for Rowan, but it says this, and they will have, say the word loudly, they will have abundance. What does abundance mean? It means teeming. It means overflowing. Even Psalm 23, the psalmist said, my cup overflows. And I'm not only just going to give all this stuff back to Rowan, I'm going to give it so much that she can fill up her box because now she has the capacity. I even have even more stuff. And now it's going to overflow. That's abundance in the presence of God. Come on, give him some praise. Give him some praise. He's a good God. And it says that our cup will overflow. When you overflow, people are receiving things whether they want it or not, whether they like it or not, because God is blessing other people through you. But there's something that's so important that you have to understand here. This is not just about what God wants to do through you. It's what he wants to do in you. Hello, let me say it again. It's not just what God wants to do through you. It's what God wants to do in you. 
He wants to make you abundant. He wants to make you as generous as he is. He wants you to have the belief and the faith that it is more than you could ever imagine as much as he does. If you're living in fear or you're living in anger or you're living in bitterness or something like that, you are stopping the flow of more for you in your life. I want to live in the more. I want to have a bigger box. I want to have a bigger box in my life. I want more and more capacity. Why? Because when you taste the greater things of God, you want to have more of God. It's like, what else have you got for me, Father? Uh, You gave me a job. I've already done it, and I passed it off to someone else. What else have you got for me now? I want to figure out what you've made me to be. I want to figure out what it is that I'm capable of with you. Show me what else. You give me, oh, there's another big one. Oh, I've got another big box. All right, let me give this stuff away. And you give this stuff away, and you're like, my box is empty, Dad. And he's like, well done, son. I got something even better than that. You feel the joy and the excitement of seeing how God can work through you and in you. Let's stand today as we end our service. Thank you so much, Ron. I appreciate it. She's happy. She's got so many gifts there. Oh my gosh. I want you to take your hands and I want you to put them in front of you. And I want you to repeat after me. Father, I want more. What is my but first this? You like saying the word but, right? <laughs> Father, I want more. What is my but first this? What is my untidy room in my life? What are my hands filled with that you need to get you need me to get rid of? Show them to me right now so I can let my hands down and let them go. And just let your hands down and let them go. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, there are relationships that some people have brought to mind. There are past events that have been brought to mind. There is fears that have been brought to mind. There's childhoods that have been brought to mind. There's things that God are bringing to mind right now in your life. And whatever that is, I want you to see yourself letting it go. Get rid of it. Don't hold on to it. It will never give you enough power or security to bring the things you really want. Sometimes rage and anger can empower you to say things and do things simply because you don't have it in you to say them and do them. But they always break relationship. And I want you to see a bigger box in front of you. That bigger box, I want you to pick it up and hold it in your hands and say, God, I want more. I want more. I want more relationships. I want more income. I want more resources. I want more ministry. I want to be trusted. I want more of you. I want more conversations with you. I want more revelation. I want more intimacy with my spouse. I want more. I want my children. I want my family back. I want more. Cry out to God in your heart right now. I want more. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I pray that you'd fill up all my brothers and sisters in the name of our son, Jesus Christ, 
who through the cross of Christ brought us all the blessings of Abraham, all the blessings of Deuteronomy that has been promised to us and declared in Galatians chapter 3. Every one of them have been brought to us. The answer from you, Father, is yes. Now we're going to do what you tell us to do so we can receive more. We can have more capacity. May God bless you and keep you and fill him up with your spirit. Fill you up with your spirit. Can we just give a great thanks offering to God right now? Come on.